Post 104.5, up and at him in the morning. My name is Adam Montiel on the phone from the Your Own Backyard podcast. He has been on this show uh, several times before to always uh, incredible reception. Chris Lambert is here. Chris, thanks for being up and at him in the morning. No problem. Thanks for having me. By the way, looked real good on Daylon, my man. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we had Ian on, too. I thought they did a great job. I thought they did a great job with the story. They did, yeah. They've been working on that one for over a year now and uh, really took their time on it. They sent someone up every day for the prelim to cover that, and uh, they were very, very careful, and I thought they did a great job in presenting the case as, as much as they could in 40 minutes of airtime. Now, when you watch a show like that, do you go back and kind of want to see you know, how, how you looked or how they cut you up? Or what, are, what are some of your things like when you go back and watch it? Um, I think my main concern usually with those is just that uh, what I said comes across the way that I intended it to. Um, a lot of times you're talking for like three hours and they cut it down to two or three minutes. And yeah. uh, I just want to make sure that the, the intention is intact. But um, they always do a great job. Uh, it was really interesting with Dateline because they filmed their first interview with me in October of last year. And I had been growing out my beard I since know. March because of the lockdown. <laughs> right. And so they they cut back and forth between these two interviews where I had this like massive beard and then my normal trimmed beard and people were confused on Twitter. Like what's going on with this guy's beard. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, somebody actually, somebody said, I bet there's like an ecosystem living in that thing. And I did want to clarify, I washed that beard every day and shampooed it thoroughly. That was a clean beard. That is funny. I did notice that I was like, man, that's some pretty, uh, that looks like a winemaker at Harvest, like for a while, like when they don't shave and stuff. Well, right. in our last conversation in my own backyard, um, we shared um, really the unbelievable lengths that the attorneys representing alleged murderer uh, Paul Flores were using to flex on you, intimidate you through subpoenas, really blatantly unfair and illegal demands. And thankfully, these tactics were not successful. But you did mention that you had to lawyer up and. Uh, in order to defend your work, your rights. And we told you then, like, whatever we could do if the event, like, a bill did come, and it turns out a bill did come. So um, I got an early text from Congleton, and uh, we shared this uh, this GoFundMe. And I know you're far too humble to ask for this kind of stuff on your own, so I'm glad Dave put this together. And I'm glad he connected, you know, you to legal representation through a friend that successfully helped you defend your rights and your rights to the First Amendment. So um, I know when we first started talking about this, um, it was yesterday, and there was under a thousand bucks and about under twenty supporters. By the end of Thursday's show, we are—I mean, if I hit refresh right now, because we're talking about this on Thursday in the ten o'clock hour, we're looking at. $6,100 and almost 120 donors. How does that make you feel, Chris? That's pretty overwhelming. Um, yeah, Dave Congleton has been incredibly supportive from the day he heard I was subpoenaed. He gave me a phone call and said, don't worry about it. We got this. Um, connected me to one of the leading First Amendment attorneys in the country um, who were obviously successful in court. Very grateful. I knew it was going to cost a pretty penny, and it should. Uh, but he had he had offered to start a GoFundMe. I told him I'd prefer to cover it on my own, and he said, "Well, we'll see what we can get you back." 
might provide some nice cushioning if we just get you half of it back even. And so um, it's overwhelming to see the amount of support that poured in and so quickly. Um, just yeah. really, really grateful to the community. I mean, grateful doesn't even cover it. I mean, this was um, one of his college buddies, I found out. Is that right? I believe so. I believe one of uh, Dave Congleton's best friends in the world happens to be one of the leading First Amendment attorneys in the country. He helped defend um, CBS, Netflix, um, through First Amendment conflicts, um, hugely successful as well. And uh, out of L.A., so um, you get this bill, and were you like, oh, man, I guess here we go. Were, were you, was it a little daunting for you? What did that feel like? Honestly, like, uh, the worst of it was just the anticipation. Yeah. I had not even a clue of what ballpark figure I was looking at. Right. I thought uh, we might have to uh, get rid of our house or something. And uh, so by the time I got the final bill, I was actually very relieved. Um, yeah. It was very reasonable. I thought they were very kind in the way that they billed me. And um, and I thought, great, I can take care of this on my own. But uh, Dave insisted on uh, at least asking for the community support. And uh, at this point, it's more than halfway paid. I'm just super overwhelmed by that. Yeah, that's really cool. I think it's also got to be really something rewarding to see not only people's appreciation for you as a man. uh, We already know they appreciate your work. The podcast speaks for itself. But really your heart for the smart family and your heart to bring Kristen home, which is like the MO that you started off with. In the beginning, I mean, you really made a connection with people. What is that? What is that like? Um, it's really interesting to see something that started out. Um, it was a very, very personal passion of mine. Um, I was just talking with my girlfriend about this because I said, "This is, this is strange that that this many people are willing to jump in and help me out with this." And she said, "Well, think about it. You kind of stepped up and did something that a lot of people could have done, but just nobody had." tried and and it was successful like things happened and people appreciate that people want to be a part of that and it it has been a community effort um and and so it's interesting to see something that started with just a spark in my own mind becoming this huge community movement is really moving okay so the last time we chatted i'm not sure real any news has broken in the case since besides what the trial date is that it I believe so. They've, they've scheduled the trial for uh, the end of April, and I believe that would begin with jury selection. So the actual trial itself probably wouldn't begin until June or so. There's always the possibility those things get moved. There's four or five like pre-trial conferences before then that could change things. Um, I believe Paul Flores' attorneys are still trying to get the whole case dismissed before it even makes it in front of a jury, and you never know with the sorts of motions what's going to happen, but it looks like things are on track to at least start moving forward in April. Do you have any reason to believe that you could still get dragged into this in some sort of legal wrangling as you did before, but thankfully were able to abate? Do you worry like something could happen again in a different way? Or, or do you feel in the clear now? Um, I wouldn't say worried, but I definitely still feel like it's a real possibility that um, using me as the scapegoat for this whole thing is not uh in the rearview mirror yet. I, I certainly believe that my name will come up a lot and that uh, the people that I've spoken with will be questioned about our interactions and things. Um, I, I feel okay about it. I, it's a distraction and there's a lot more to it. Um, and, and the prosecution's got it. I feel like they've got a pretty solid circumstantial case. 
So things have slowed down for you a little bit just because there's not much in a day-to-day realm as far as the case progressing. What have you been up to lately? What are you getting into? Are you going to you know, maybe go on a little break, a little trip? Are we just kind of sticking around the house? What's been going on? Yeah, I've been trying to stay home as much as possible. Um, I had built a recording studio in my backyard last summer and haven't had much of a chance to use it. And so after the prelim wrapped up, I got into just working on my next album. I've been waiting for a long time to record. I've got uh, 12 songs ready to sit down and start tinkering with. And so hopefully I can kind of keep my head down and work on that and while I recuperate before things get back to craziness again. Uh, has any of this taken its uh, toll on your music? Like, maybe not taken its toll is the right word, but has it influenced your songwriting, your your subject matter that you feel like you want to write about? You know, not really. Um, I think a lot of the songs I was writing throughout this entire thing, like I was just collecting songs one at a time as they would come to me. And in fact, I think it's the opposite. I think a lot of the songs sort of express this... Um, this sense of freedom that I feel in music again, that when music was my full-time job, it sometimes felt that way. It felt like there was too much pressure on me. Now that uh, the focus is on this other stuff that I've done, music feels like sort of an escape again, which is a really great feeling. Uh, It's kind of like getting back to when I was first writing songs as a teenager and that feeling of like infinite possibility. Like there's so much less pressure with, the music that I make and the audience for it is so tiny compared to the podcast. Well, it's so interesting because when you listen to the podcast, not many people, I mean, they may know, but I mean, all the score and all the music underneath you, I mean, this is all stuff that you wrote and performed. So it's like you listen to a podcast. I mean, shoot, when I do a podcast and play music, it's, um, or edit something into it or edit music underneath me. It's, it's certainly nothing that I'm creating. So I imagine you used a lot of those musical talents and, and venues of expression, even within the own, your own scores of the podcast itself. Right, yeah, my mom was pointing that out to me. I said, I haven't recorded in so long, and she pointed out, you know, you recorded the entire score for the podcast, and every time you had a new episode, um, you know, I'd always push the production to the last possible minute of when I was planning to release, and then I'd forget, oh, that's right, I've got to stay up and score this once it's done, and I'd usually stay up all night, sitting in front of like a synthesizer or acoustic guitar and trying to uh, score the moments in the episode, which isn't always easy. Sometimes one person's interview might go from being really kind of haunting to being very hopeful and to transition that way is sometimes a challenge. Did you ever think like maybe doing that so much with the podcast, you would want to get into that from a, a professional standpoint, like scoring TV, scoring film? Um, to the extent that I could, uh, while remaining sort of independent and at home, I know that there's smaller productions that are kind of okay with that. Like we'll send you something and you score it and send it back and we'll make some corrections. And yeah, I'd totally be up for stuff like that. Um, it's not something I've seriously looked into only because my schedule has been so full. Yeah. I actually know a guy in LA who does it. It's funny. We talk about work from home these days, like it's no big deal. But when I was a kid growing up, I went to karate with this, uh, you know, boy my age, and his dad um, lived in Agora, and he had, like, the coolest office ever with, like, six, seven keyboards, speakers. He had this mini studio with these screens above. And, you know, back in the early 90s, I was like, oh, my God, this office is unreal. And he would, like, show me clips of, like, 
you know, um, L.A. Law or different drama shows that he would score. And it was such a cool thing. I mean, that was happening in the early 90s. So I know as of today, I'm sure with more doing this kind of work from home, you could probably be into a cool little side hustle that uh, would take you, you know, producing some some big TV and film. That could be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be very exciting. I was actually pretty inspired by that when I first started scoring the podcast. I started researching um, other people who score TV shows and documentaries and stuff and realizing that a lot of them do it on like a single MIDI keyboard and then replace the instruments with real musicians. And I thought, wow, that's something I can do in an apartment. Yeah, yeah, what a trip. We got Chris Lambert here. Um, Check out the GoFundMe link. It's on my Facebook. It is on the Coast Facebook. It is, and it's been shared a trillion times, so you shouldn't have any problem GoFundMe. You can also probably go to GoFundMe.com and just type in Chris Lambert Defense Fund, and we want to raise this money and show some love to Chris, and this is the way that we can do it. So I really appreciate you again. Thanks for jumping on the phone with me. I'm glad you're having a little bit of a, a downtime that your heart and mind can just rest and uh, be calm. And I know we'll be talking a lot during the spring, and hopefully uh, you're down to catch up and we maybe go get some coffee sometime soon, brother. Yeah, more than happy to. Thanks thanks for the support. Thanks for getting the word out there. And uh, the people who are donating, even the people who aren't donating, really, really appreciate uh, the way that this community always comes together uh, when someone is in need. I love it, man. Thanks for being up and Adam in the morning, Chris. Thanks, Adam. Wake up with Up and Adam in the morning. Mr. Up and Adam in the morning. What's happening, buddy? Hey, I'm just trying to tell you that this morning, you are slaying it. I'm Up and Adam in the morning.